Tim Hernandez. Welcome to another edition of Words on a Wire. Uh, this past summer, I was able to spend a little time in Los Angeles, and uh, I was at the opening for a literary center in Boyle Heights. It was called, uh, I think, I believe it was called Rearte, to uh, Centro Literario there. And I, um, I saw poet David Romero spitting his poetry like there was no tomorrow. And, uh, you know, he was just reading this really fantastic poem, uh, which I believe was uh, titled My Name is Romero. And uh, I was, of course, I was captivated by his performance like everyone else who was crammed into that wonderful, beautiful art space there. And, um, well, as soon as I saw him read his poetry, uh, I knew that I had to invite him onto our show. I'd heard his name before as a as a poet on the spoken word uh, slam circuit, you know, but I knew very little about him otherwise. So anyway, it's really exciting for me to be able to sit down with him today and learn more about his work and his poetry. And I invite you to join me. And that's coming up right now on Words on a Wire. Words on a Wire. Words on a David Romero, welcome to Words on a Wire, my friend. <laughs> oh, thank you very much for having me. It's an honor. Absolutely. No, it's the honor's mine, dude. I, I, I read your book of poetry, which is right here. My name is Romero. It's a just an incredible book. I love it. You know, I'm a fan of your of your poetry. I think I told you that even when I met you. Uh, you know, and of course, I <clears throat> I say that only having heard your poetry, seen it on videos, uh, and I've heard your name. Um, but, you know, actually just seeing you sort of virtually in the virtual world and, and knowing who you were before I got to meet you and see you live, um, I was already a fan. I was like, man, this guy's really saying something. And you have such passion when you deliver your poetry. So, uh, yeah, man, congratulations on this second book, I believe, of yours. Uh, congratulations on that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, my third full length book of poetry. Um, I, I, I'm so thankful. Um, when I saw you, I saw you at a uh, literary arts center in uh, Boyle Heights that just recently opened up, Rearte, and yeah. you had come to check that out. And uh, yeah, just to see you in the crowd, I mean, you know, you're, of course your listeners know you're, you're an illustrious author, journalist, you know, scholar. And um, the, the fact that my work is getting out and starting to catch the attention of luminaries such as yourself, I mean, is, is really amazing. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. When, when, when I wrote this book and when I was putting this book together, you know, and I, and I got my cousin, who's a famous artist, uh, the daughter of famous uh, uh, Chicano artist, uh, Frank Romero, right. Sonia Romero, to do the cover. Um, you know, I, I, I thought it was going to be, you know, a New York Times bestseller, but, uh, you know, we're not there yet, but... <laughs> yeah, but, but we got it, but we got to like believe in our projects that way, right? <laughs> Right, right, right. So that's kind of, you know, that's, that's still kind of the dream, you know, is that uh, the, the words will continue to get out there and, uh, you know, and influence the dialogue. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you're, you know, you're doing that. Like I said, you had already been doing that prior to, you know, uh, me reading your book, you know, uh, I mean, you've been doing that for years. And I want to get into some of that in the interview. But, but first, mm -hmm. why don't we give the listeners a little taste of your poetry? Why don't you kick us off with one of the poems? All right, so this is the, uh, the eponymous poem of the collection that gave shape to everything that followed. Uh, it's, my name is Romero. Okay, I'm gonna follow along here too. <laughs> All right, man, go ahead. 
It happens every single night. Telemarketing Juliets calling from their ivy-covered balconies, calling for their star-crossed lovers, calling, hello, is Mr. Romeo in? I'm sorry, Romeo went to go grab a burrito, Mercutio to cruise Whittier Boulevard, and Shakespeare to take some ethnic studies classes. In other words, Buster, Romeo isn't in. My name is Romero. I am not Italian. Centuries-old Spanish blood coursing through these veins, though my parents are not from Spain. And despite the Southern Californian accent, loud words like, dude, sweet and sick to tumble gracefully from these lips. I'm not a white guy. I'm a Mexican. My name is Romero. Romero like a brand of tortillas that escaped with Guerrero and Mission from the segrega segregation of the ethnic food section into the main aisles of your local supermarket. My name is Romero. Romero like Archbishop Oscar Romero, zombie filmmaker George A. Romero, actor Cesar Romero. Yes, before Jack Nicholson, before Heath Ledger, a brown man played the Joker. They dressed him up in purple suit, green wig, and white face, though he would not shave. His trademark suave and sexy Latin mustache, no. He was a Romero. I am a Romero. My parents had dark hair and dark eyes when I was seven. My brother lied, told me that my father was the mailman. How could you be the son of our parents with your blue eyes and white skin? Well, brother, buster like Jerry Springer on Maori, the DNA results are in. I am a Romero and I know what some of you are thinking that I'm just another white guy trying to prove he's a Latino or just another Mexican, chest beating, beating his chest, beating whatever reputation he has left in the process, trying to convince you that his family, his country, his nationality are better than you. Well, I know as well as anyone that we are all the children of Africa, roots of no single family tree, but of a flourishing forest grow that grows collectively towards a magnificent destiny, shining, radiating beauty. Just please close your eyes and you can see it. Ah, uh, but forget that ish. The name of this poem isn't, we are the world, we are the children, no. The name of this poem is my name is Romero because if you're not proud of who you are, then what are you gonna be proud of? And if you don't know where you come from, how are you supposed to know where you're going? And I know one thing, that the name of my father and my father's father and his father's father before him was Romero. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you. And for our listeners, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Words on a Wire, and we're here talking with the wonderful poet, uh, spoken word artist, and performer, uh, David Romero. Don't forget his name, uh, because that is also the, title, the title of his book, his new book that we're discussing, My Name is Romero. It's out with Flower Song Press, based out of it. It's a Texas uh, publication, I believe. So, man, that's wonderful. And like I said, you know, it's really great to, to see you. I, I get to see you because we're here on Zoom. But it's uh, when I was there uh, over the summertime in Los Angeles and I saw you perform, I actually walked into the, that little, well, I stood at the door of the little building because it was so packed with people. Right, right. I, 
I stood there, I arrived right when you were reading and I like immediately knew, I was like, that's David Romero. <laughs> that's awesome, wow, wow, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, yeah, it's it's taken me, uh, you know, a number of years to develop a style, uh, kind of a hybrid style. I've been, you know, greatly influenced. Uh, you know, uh, the first poetry venue that I went to was the uh, Poetry Lounge, uh, which is a famous spoken word venue. Um, and uh, I was very influenced by one of the great poets there, uh, poetry with with a Y instead of an I, um, I'm sorry, with an I instead of a Y uh, rather, and uh, who really encouraged me to seek out, you know, my own kind of personal style. And, you know, he was developing the different poets there who would come through his class and I was always also influenced by uh, Best Kep, who's another uh, famous poet out of uh, Mike and Dim Lights, which was a venue in Pomona for over 20 years. Um, Matt Cedillo, one of my friends, another great Flower Song Press uh, poet, has right. also been a huge influence on me. And I'm, I'm, I'm really influenced by everybody, you know, uh, Corky Gonzalez, you know, is huge with I Am Joaquin. You know, of course, with that poem, the the influence is 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 very pronounced, is very felt. Um, for sure. And even you know, stand up comedians, you know, George Lopez, uh, uh, Pablo Francisco, yeah. kind of a forgotten one there, but uh, you know, uh, yeah, huge influence on me. And uh, and yeah, MCs, you know, uh, Immortal Technique, uh, yeah. Slug of Atmosphere, Most Death, you know. So I'm, a, I'm influenced by a lot of rappers and a lot of, you know, comedians. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that shows in the delivery of your work, you know, um, and, and it's really, you know, the work, the writing itself on the page here, as I was reading your books, I mean, as I was reading your book, uh, you know, my first, before I even opened, cracked open the book, I had wondered if, I often wonder this when I see a lot of poets perform their work that I really like. I wonder how that will feel on the page. You know, I'm just curious about that. And it's, there's no, for me, it's, there's, you know, obviously I don't get to see or hear your, your voice, but right. aside from that the poems are just as effective and just as powerful and they're, they're, they're wonderful as well. So, you know, I was really, um, you know, I'm just a fan of it, all, of your work all, all together. But one of the things that I, um, I didn't know and I liked is that when I was reading your introduction, um, it's a great introduction, you know, it deals with the identity. It's kind of a preface to the book. It deals with identity and the importance of our names. Uh, something mm -hmm. that I'm obviously interested in myself. It's kind of been my own subject of interest for a while now. But I didn't know that you intentionally included the A in your middle name to read David A. Romero, like another Romero. <laughs> like, you know, and that was that was wonderful. I loved it. I was like, yes, David A. Romero. He's a Romero. He's a Romero. And I love that, you know, David A. Romero. And, uh, and then I, I, I realized that that sort of echoes throughout all of the poems because often in your poems, you use a collective we, you talk in a collective we. Um, like in your poem, Letters Across Borders, you write, we were born in fire and blood, we, we. So can you talk a little bit about why the collective is important to you in your writing? Um, well, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of the root of um, a lot of us as a people. Um, is, is that we, is that collective thinking, that collective mentality. Now I've seen both ends. I've seen, um, you know, when I was young and in that introduction as well, you know, I mentioned, you know, seeing my uncle's uh, signature on paintings was a very formative experience to me. And that, that idea of taking credit for something, you know, it's very 
But then at the same time, it was always the juxtaposition because within my uncle's work, I would see these moments of, uh, of collective importance, like very often. Um, so he would have the closing of Whittier Boulevard. One of his more recent poems was uh, The Arrest of the Paleteros. So I would see like that these would be moments of uh, uh, political moments, politicized moments, moments of confrontation with the state. So even though it was built into his career, it was reflecting upon a collective experience. Right. And I think that's something that I've tried to ke keep through my work is this idea of, of we, of, of something greater. You know, I think the, the lure, the attraction for me of getting into spoken word was, was being able to tell my story, right? You know, was getting a lot of this off my chest of like a lot of, you know, FUs, you know, that I've been building up over the years, you know, through, you know, whether it be my brother or, you know, telemarketers or, or, you know, more extreme political figures out there. Um, but then what I think developed over time was a need to tell other people's stories and to, to situate uh, my work or even my story within a greater, you know, context. Right. Um, so that's what I love. I, I love, I love, you know, and even, um, you know, as far as pronouns and, and all of that goes, um, you know, in the few of the poems, I'll use you to address the reader, you yeah. know, even though it's not really you, it's someone else, but it, it creates an interesting impression. Um, so it is, it is a fascinating, um, all the various tools of poetry and, and what they enable. And, um, but especially for we, I think we is the most important. Um, sometimes there are poets who can overuse that, but I think when it is used effectively, it's, it's very powerful. Yeah, it is. It's, and I think you're absolutely right. That's how I found you using it throughout the book was very sporadically in strategic places that really just, I think, um, it opened up the conversation. It opened up the idea, you know, to not just a very, because you do, you kind of telescope from a very first person narratives in these. And then all of a sudden you go into this collective we in other parts. And then at times, yeah, then you even sort of turn that mirror on us and it's like you, 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 then you use that second person, which it's really effective for the ideas. I love the, uh, and then the way the whole man, the way the whole book progresses, um, it's just so fluid and, and, and it's, you know, nicely put together. All the poems feel that way. How long have you been working on these poems? I mean, are these poems that you've kind of been kicking around for years or was this like, I'm going to write, uh, you know, for the next collection of poetry. And so it took you like, you know, one year or like Kerouac two weeks or something, you know, <laughs> like... <laughs> I'd, I'd wish, uh, I'd wish, uh, my name, my name is Romero actually took a decade. It was actually a decade to put together, um, my first two books, um, which were self-published, uh, diamond bars and, uh, Fujo about my time in China. Um, those two books were written, yeah, within like a few months time, maybe a year for Diamond Bars um, or two years. But yeah, um, so then I had had a long dry period. And within this dry period, I mean, I was writing, but I wasn't writing, you know, furiously. And I was really just working on trying to perfect my craft of trying to have something like, you know, what, what you were saying earlier, where if I had a humorous poem, like my name is Romero, that I wanted to make sure that it still read well on the page, wow. you know, that there was still, there was still techniques to it. There was enough meat to it that, you know, that it, 
it would read, you know, even if it were very simple, right? Mm -hmm. And then on some of the other poems that they would really come to life or there would really be something, if someone was looking for more of a literary experience, you know, mm -hmm. that there would be really something for them in that way. Um, and especially the last poems that I wrote for the collection were the story poems. Um, so they're in this section called Flowers, which is full of these historical epics about kind of uh, these forgotten figures and moments in history. And they kind of deal with the impact of colonialism. And those especially were the pieces that took a long time to write. Yeah, yeah, that those in the back seemed much more uh, like heavily researched, you know, type of work. Yeah. That's great. And do you find yourself maybe wanting to lean more in that direction or? It's, uh, I'm that for me, though, those are the most gratifying to write, but they're the okay. ones that get least amount of feedback. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Know? But it's kind of, it's kind of spoiling with, um, you know, as, as a poet is having um, this kind of ability to get you know, instant response, you know, I could go to go into any open mic, you know, or, yeah. or even just start yelling out in the street and chances are someone might start listening just because of the rhythm of my words, you know, and uh, the ability to entertain does kind of become a drug, you know, it's a wonderful gift, but it's also something that, you know, that art, and especially art that is well crafted and and heavily researched and, and, and has nuance in it, you know, like, you know, a lot of those poems, they actually have um, mystery as a motif or as a theme or confusion. A lot of the times you're dealing with characters that are dealing with trauma or they're not, they're not entirely sure themselves what's going on. So that reflects our process of, of sifting through history and, and trying to find the answers, you know, they're right. kind of slow burn mysteries, you know, um, and uh, yeah, and that that is something that's very difficult. But so what I think I'm going to do to answer your question is, yeah. uh, is, is try to find a balance. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Do you feel like that may, are you open to that? It may lead you or has it already led you down the path of prose? Uh, yes, it already has. Yeah, definitely. Um, you, yeah. Um, because, um, yeah, you know, I mean, especially with everything having shut down. Um, but then, yes, I, I remember some of my earliest dreams were of being a novelist and then a screenwriter, you know, yeah. before I really started doing uh, uh, poetry. And yeah, there, there was something very gratifying about that, like that I was finally, you know, living my life's dreams. And um, yeah, it does become addicting. And I, I wrote uh, another book of poetry that hasn't been published yet, Diamond Bars 2, a sequel to my first one. But that it's full of short stories, you know, it's full of and, and that's actually a lot of people haven't liked it, you know, or I've sent it out to a lot of journals, a lot of the poems to journals, and they say, this is prose. Right. <laughs> these yeah. aren't, these, these aren't poems, you know, and, yeah. um, but I think it's going to be finding, you know, the market for that. And then, and then that even further led me because I started researching my hometown and its history. 
And that led me further into uh, uh, writing a novel. So uh, that deals with, you know, uh, colonialism's relationship to suburbia and, and, and Mexican-American identity within suburbia and the, the legacy of the ranch system, the Spanish ranch system and all of that. So, um, yeah, <laughs> so definitely. I think we left a little bit ahead to where, you know, uh, what you're doing next, what you're working on next, you know, they gave us a little bit of that, but uh, I suspected maybe that would be the direction only because of the research. You know, I know that at least in my own personal experience that when I tended, I, I started off with poetry as well. My first uh, three books were poetry books. Um, and, and what happens as the poet begins to sort of get, gain more curiosity into subjects and we start to dig a little deeper, we start to unravel, right, history. And then pretty soon we find ourselves going, you know, the poem can, can no longer contain what wants to be said. And so more language, more language. And suddenly I'm like, oh, this is, this is prose, I guess. <laughs> like, how that happened, okay, you know, I'll just follow it, you know? But anyway, that was how it began for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I 100% I, I can relate. I, just recently, something that I keep going back to, uh, when I was in middle school, I read uh, Michael Crichton's book, Eaters of the Dead. And it's about history. It's this action adventure story and it's got horror and supernatural elements. But the whole framing device of the book is that it was a manuscript that had shifted hands like 20 times or yeah. dozens of times. And he takes you through the whole imaginary history of that. And that's the kind of, and I, and I get excited now <laughs> about it, but it's a kind of thing of like, just try to imagine explaining that to someone who's not a historian. Yeah. Right, no, no, I get it. Man. I get but it's, it. Yeah. it's thrilling, it's thrilling. It is, it is thrilling. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that that's the direction you're heading in as well. You know, I mean, well, it's always nice to hear when a writer finds their own work inspiring and they're sort of lit up by new directions, you know? So uh, yeah, so I'm glad, I'm, thank you for sharing that also. Uh, man, we, this is like going by way too quick already. I think we're like almost towards the end of this, you know, but but I do want the listeners to get another taste of your poetry before we head out. So why don't uh, why don't you give us another another? I, I'm kind of inclined to suggest that you read the um, the tail end of that, which is, you know, our name is Romero. Oh, oh, wow. I but, love it. But I'll, but I'll leave that open to you. It's up to you. You, know, you decide. Oh, oh for sure. Uh, I actually I don't think I've ever read this for anything. So oh, man, I, I didn't even know that that existed. And then as I got to the end, I was like, yes, our name is Romero. Oh, he's giving it to us again, but from a different perspective. Wonderful. Different yeah. Perspective. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, here we go. We are artists, nuns, laborers, managers and supervisors, workers and entrepreneurs, housewives and mothers. We are alive and we are buried. We tend to our name yearly. We tend to these stones as my father had done. Our name is Romero. Our name is Romero, like Frank Romero from Land Franco Street, from Los Four in New York and beyond. Romero like Sonia Romero, installations on the Metro and she rides the Lions studio. Our land was Romero in New Mexico until quills touched upon papers, land deeds in Agua Fria made worthless in moments. Most crossed the border, the border crossed us. My grandfather, Edward, born in New Mexico, the fifth child of my great-grandmother, Donaciana, quickly passed away, 
my great-grandfather Emeterio quickly remarried. Edward's aunt Connie raised him. They left New Mexico, moved to California. Three brothers in name and blood came from Edward, Frank, Richard, and Gerard. We came from Richard. Our name is Romero. We are pochos, Chicanos, whitewashed, non-Spanish speaking Mexican Americans, first, second, third, fourth, fifth generation. Most do not understand what it is to have come from a state that was once Mexico and before the Viceroyalty of New Spain and before that, Espana, a man of La Mancha, Bartolome II, often confused as the first of his name, a man most likely poor, the first Romero of our line to touch ground upon the shores of the New World. The expedition of Onate, their last great conquistador, ordered Pueblo natives made slaves, ordered Pueblo natives killed, ordered Pueblo natives' lakes removed as punishment for their insurrection. Captain Bartolome Romero was a butcher. He had to have been. Under Onate, Romero was promoted to captain from the rank of ensign. This Bartolome, this Romero, he is a part of us. He gave us our name. What follows is what we make. We tend to our name yearly. We tend to these stones with my father's burlap bag filled with his rusty tools. We cut the grass around these stones, bind the hole, dig our fingers into the dirt, fill the black metal vase with water, place in freshly bought flowers. We do this as our father had done. Remember those who have come we know and those lost to history, our name, is Romero. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Words on a Wire, and that's uh, guest poet David Romero. And uh, we're talking with him about his latest collection of poetry, My Name is Romero, which is the, the poem that he just read us is based on. The book is out with Flower Song Press. You have to be sure to pick it up. It's just a fantastic collection from beginning all the way to the end. And like I said, David, you know, this is just, uh, man, I'm a fan. We're all a fan here of your work. And I hope that you just keep, you know, keep busting out those poems. And we look forward to, all, of course, all of your prose. Anything that you're working on, you got to let us know. Thank you so much. I, I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Go find a copy of My Name is Romero available on uh, davidaromero.com and uh, brick and mortar stores in Southern California, hopefully the rest of the country soon. And uh, yeah, look out for future projects, Diamond Bars and uh, The Enemy Sleeps my murder mystery novel, <laughs> mystery novel. we got to have you back for that man we'll have you back on okay <laughs> oh nice i love it yeah all right david thank you so much for joining us today man take care and drive safe <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> have a great one and we'd like to thank our special guest today poet david romero be sure to pick up his book my name is romero it's out with Flower Song Press. Also want to thank our producer, Sam Casiano, and our podcast producers, Claudia Flores and Ileana Pichardo. That wraps it up for today's edition of Words on a Wire. We'll see you next week, same time and same place, right here on KTEP 88.5 FM, your NPR station for the Southwest. Mm -hmm.